Hey, thanks so much for stopping by the Roar Church Podcast. This is Pastor Anthony. We're believing that today's going to be a great day. Let's jump in today's message. Hey, thanks so much for joining us here at Roar Church. I want to welcome everybody that's watching us online and welcome everybody that's in their Roar house parties today, our podcast. It's going to be a great message. It's going to be a great time that we have in the Lord. We are continuing our series on prayer. I have been completely uh, excited about what God is doing. I've enjoyed diving into this message. I think it's always a great refresher. You know, anytime uh, you, you preach throughout the year and, and years and just in general, um, I think this is one of those messages that constantly has to be brought up to the forefront. I think we can, you know, not that complacency is our best friend, but we can become complacent in, in just in certain things and, and having a refresher on prayer and talking about prayer and, and really just diving back to some foundational things. We really see that prayer is, man, it, it changes everything for us in, in our Christian faith, in our Christian walk. And, you know, kind of the common theme and the common denominator over the past uh, four weeks is you can tell a, uh, a healthy Christian by a healthy prayer life, and you can tell a healthy prayer life by how the fruits of a great Christian man, woman walk in today. As we're in week four, I want to talk about prayer again, obviously, and the title of this message is entitled, I Got the Power. And I first want to start off, start off by saying it like this. We often want the power, but very few want the persistence. Very few want to carry the responsibility that comes with great power. We want the public before we ever think about what has to take place in the private. What is Jesus trying to show us throughout scripture? What is the secret to the life that Jesus lived? Why was Jesus able to move in such miracles and such power during his time here on earth versus the time that, you know, what we see happening now? You know, the, the common question that it's in uh, Christian churches is why do we see more miracles, more power taking place uh, back when Jesus walked the earth versus now? And the thing that we've got to constantly come back to the reality reality is, is not that Jesus was Jesus, but Jesus came in the form of man. And Jesus coming in the form of man showed us things. He gave us a roadmap on how to live a powerful life. Somebody say, I want the power. Somebody say, I got the power. Come on now. They, 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 what was the song in the early 90s? I got the power. Come on now. But it's important for us to get the power and to understand the secret of Jesus and how he was able to move in such powerful ways. You know, I, I said this last week, we must take the season of what if that presents itself in fear and change it to the place of even if. But it's hard to do that if you never fill yourself up on prayer. In the beginning of the year of the year 2020, I gave a prophetic word in January to our church that I felt was not only a, a, a prophetic word to our church, but I also felt like it was a prophetic word to the body of Christ, that we were stepping into not only just the roaring 20s, but that we were also entering into a place of 2020 vision where things that seem distant were going to become clear. 
And the part of being a roaring 20 was, was not just being loud, but it was being loud with purpose. It was having intentionality. It was being loud and roaring because now we have finally come to a place where we understand who we are. And oftentimes we dismiss the process of becoming who we are with, without the understanding of it's going to go through some hard times. And I look at everything that's going on, what's taking place in America, what's taking place in our country, what's taking place in our churches, is it's the process of what we are becoming. I'm not living in a place of fear, but I'm choosing to live in a place of Now what I will tell you is, when we gave that word for year 2020, never in a million years did we see what's happening now in our country happen. However, the more that I've been able to dive into this word and pray about it over these last couple weeks as we've been away, there's a responsibility and a mandate and, and a responsibility that I carry on my life as being a conveyor of what's going on in heaven and speaking it about what's going on earth. I'm not going to sit here and call me I'm, I'm a prophet by any means. But what I am saying is, is when you have the ability to hear what heaven is trying to say, there is a responsibility that your spirit must take in order to make sure you are speaking the right things, hearing the right things. And, and there's some things that I want to dive in today. There's some 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 uh, illustrations that I want us to jump into but I felt like the Lord said that that word then is still my word now that God is still bringing thing uh, things and bringing the church into a place of 2020 vision but it's in order for us to be in a place of 2020 vision, we also have to have the understanding of, and that means we are saying that we did not have 2020 vision in the first place. Our vision was off. Our life was off. Our prayer life was off. Maybe our Christian faith was off. Maybe who we put our trust in was off. And the Lord is trying to bring all those things into fruition because he wants to recenter us for the outpouring that's getting ready to take place. More than ever, I am stirred to see what God is getting ready to do and what he's getting ready to release in this country. And can I just tell somebody, it's not devastation. There's hope. There's promises of God that's getting ready to be released all across this country because we have been faithful and God is faithful to those who have been faithful to him. In the midst of what's going on, I still believe the words of the Lord. That he's not only giving us our roar back, but he's establishing his roar. And he's also bringing us into a place of 2020 vision. But that's why this series is so important. We have to have a real understanding of how powerful prayer really is. At times, I think we dismiss the powers of prayer. It's the easiest thing that we can do, but it also establishes the most power in our life. Prayer is what changes everything. It's what changed everything for Jesus. And if it worked for him, and it should work for us. 
In James 5, 16, it says like this, the prayers of the righteous unveileth much. Unveileth means to accomplish. Unveileth means to also give power. The prayers of the righteous is what gives us power. You want to move in power, you probably should start laboring in prayer. Prayer is serious business. And to get the power we need to move in publicly, we need to get the power of the Lord privately. And the reason why we're not seeing God move publicly is because we are dealing with a generation in a church that doesn't want to deal with him privately. We want to do things on a stage. We want to do things if it's a performance. We want to do things if it means CNN might cover us or a Fox News may cover us or all these things. If it brings us publicity, we want it. But the Lord is looking for some people that aren't here to say, here I am. It's not about a show, but here I am qualified uh, or excuse me, unqualified and labor in a private moment so that you can make us into public power. We should long to live in a place of power. We should all want the full access that Jesus has given us. When Jesus died, he didn't put a partial Holy Spirit in us. He didn't put partial power into us. He didn't put partial completion in us. He gave us full power, full restoration, full access. But oftentimes we choose to deny the responsibility of prayer. And live a life of a powerless Christian. We've got to be people, Roar Church, that is moving in power. But more than moving in power, we've got to become a church that is moving in prayer. God is looking for a church that is ready to move in prayer. I was in conversation earlier this week with my mother. And we were just come, you know, that casual mom and mom and son conversation with, with Liam and Ashton uh, hanging out on the, the couch and Brittany. And we were talking about just things that we want to see happen in California, some, some visions as a family. And my mom is on the rocking chair and she's a little old school and she says, well, I'm praying that none of that happens. <laughs> and we all kind of laughed. And she said, I've been praying it for, for 15 years. Yeah, my prayers are that aunt and you and Britt and the boys would just move home. You know, we, we miss you. We want to be near you. And I said, man, for 15 years, you ain't never seen a prayer answered though, have you? And she laughed and she said, I know it's aggravating. I said, it's aggravating because you're not praying the right prayers, mom. And see, that's so many times how many Christians are. You become aggravated. You come complacent with prayer. You come frustrated with prayer. And you underestimate what the true power of prayer is. But the truth of the matter is, is the prayers are not being answered because you are not aligning with what God is trying to do on earth. Jesus knows what's good for his children, even more so than what my mom knows what's best for me. But the truth of the matter is, is our prayer shouldn't be my wants, but the prayers of us should be your wants, God. James 5, 16, I said, it's the righteous ones. The righteous ones. 
is what unveileth much. It's not that she's not righteous. It's that she was praying the wrong prayer. And oftentimes when in, in prayers, we become more conversational than we become intentional. We must get intentionality in our prayers. We must align our hearts with the Father's will over our hearts. But we often choose to pray prayers that God will align with me then more than me will align with God. And it's time to switch it up. It's time to change it up. We've got to get a different perspective. We got to start praying different prayers. James 4 and 8 says, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Prayers are not moving God towards me. Prayers are me moving towards God. I want to say that again. Prayers are not moving God towards me, but prayers are me moving towards God. Prayers are what moves me into his direction. Prayer, when I pray, it should be what aligns my heart with his heart in order for me not to do my will, but to do his will. But one of the first things that I have noticed as I have been studying on prayer and the life of Jesus and why was he so powerful? There's three things that I want you to take away from today. And the first was Jesus learned to withdraw. In fact, it was said like this in Mark 35, the power according to his ministry, what made him powerful? It said very early in Mark 135, very early in the morning while Jesus, or excuse me, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. What made Jesus powerful was he would often withdraw from people. In Luke 5 and 16, it says it like this, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places. There is power when God can get you in solitude when it's just me and you. Withdrawing from things is not a disappointing thing. It's an appointing thing. It's where God comes to meet us. I'm not saying he can't meet us in a large facility. I'm not saying he can't meet you in a large crowd. But what gave Jesus power throughout his days was him going away to lonely places to spend time with God. So many things in life try to clamor our attention and we often run ourselves ragged trying to attend to, to either our, our business, either attend to our family, attend to our, our kids, attend to our, our wife, attend to things. If it's a doll, if you have, like me, we got a great Dane that's it's a big baby. She wants our attention 24-7. Those things can all become distractions. Some of the things that I've found in, in this last years where I find my greatest prayer moments is not necessarily in my house, it's when I'm driving by myself. I turn everything off, I begin to pray, I begin to cry out to God because God wants to find solitude with you just as he find, found solitude with Jesus. He wants to get you by himself so that he can begin to speak over you. We live in a time and an era where everybody wants an opinion or feel like uh, they've made it and they need the opinions of others to gratify the need that they have when really we need to spend time with Jesus and hear that he has already qualified, that he is giving us gratitude, that he is actually honoring us and that he is actually loving us. And I can guarantee if we can get that right, we'll never strive to make anybody else happy. 
It's healthy to withdraw and get away to hear the Father's heart, to seek the Father's will. There was an old song that we used to sing. I think it was in the early 2000s. And it said, I'm finding myself in the midst of you, beyond the music, beyond the noise. All that I need is to be with you and in the quiet, hear your voice. Sometimes, if not all the time, what is needed in our prayer life is to draw his power from us from being in a quiet time with him. It's healthy to withdraw. But when Jesus withdrew, he didn't go out to party. He wasn't going to commune with other people. He wasn't there to entertain anybody else. When Jesus withdrew, he went to pray. Point number two, then he prayed. First, he withdrew. Two, he prayed. In Acts 4.31, it says it like this. When the spirit of God came down in the upper room, it says, after they did what? Prayed. Come on, somebody say that again. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with the word of God boldly. This tells me something. In order for us to walk in the full boldness that Jesus has for us, in order for us to move in power, in order for us to see the things that happened when Jesus was walking here on earth, there's some things that we need to first do. We need to first get away from people at times, and then two, we need to pray. Because too many times we're going into battles in our own wineskin and we end up falling and we end up failing and then we end up saying, God, you weren't strong enough for me. God, you weren't doing any of that. And and at times I want to ask people, did God actually send you to that battle? I know it seems good in the natural, but not every battle is for us. Not every revival is for us. Not every movement is for us. Sometimes you need to look on, on where is that movement coming from? Who's the birthing behind that? What's the spiritual leadership behind that? It matters what you entertain. And too many times we entertain Absalom's spirit by not praying to God and getting filled with his boldness. The only way we become bold and roaring in a roaring church is if we first learn to pray you want to become a roaring lion you better learn to pray there is no way we can move in fear disbelief lack if we are praying to the real god and the truth of the matter is i said this last week seed matters to the ones that have planted or excuse me rain matters to the one that has planted the right seeds And unfortunately, what we're seeing across our nation is the wrong seeds have been planted for so long, for so many centuries, seeds of racism, seeds of hate, seeds of all this stuff, seeds of we don't actually trust God, seeds of we really don't have faith in God, seeds of we don't really want to see the real God that is describing this word, be the God of 2020. And what God is saying have at it it's yours and what we're seeing is a manifestation of the wrong seeds that we have planted 
But there is no way that you can have a bad seed when you're praying to Jesus Christ. There's no way that you can have a bad seed when you are beginning to be filled with his boldness, with his holiness, with the roaring of the lion, with the meekness of the lamb. Come on, somebody shout and stand to their feet and say, I want to be filled. I want the boldness. I want to roar like never before. They weren't just filled with hate. Scripture says that they were filled with boldness. Why were they filled with boldness? Because they, are, they knew that there would be a time where their faith would be tested. And a faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that can't be trusted. So God needs you to get filled with his presence more than ever before. We are living in a day and a time where our Christian faith, where religion is being persecuted. I could, I, I'm not going to prophesy this because I don't, I, I'm, I've not heard from God, but it, the, the, the trends would show, we'll say that, that in the next 10 years, you better get ready for the underground church. You have to get filled with boldness of Jesus Christ. It's risky business. And I believe God is trying to sound the alarm over our church, over our nation, over our families, over our homes that you, you have played around with prayer for so long that God is trying to restore prayer not only back in the church, but also in the house. Prayer is serious business, friends. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for America to wake up. Because God is calling for his children to pray like never before. The traje trajectory of destruction seems like that's all that's being talked about. Every time I, I'm going through Facebook or, or Instagram, I'm hearing somebody prophesy the world's coming to an end and all this stuff. Or you got people that aren't even prophesying. It's just the world is coming to an end. Can I just tell you, it's always easier to speak to the darkness. But if you're not filled with boldness, that's all you ever see is the dark. But when you pray and you're filled with boldness, you begin to be filled with the endless possibilities. You begin to dream as Jesus would dream. You begin to see as Jesus would see. And Jesus never saw death. He always saw life. And it's time for us to look at our situation and get the spirit of Elijah and begin to prophesy. Stop looking at it and saying, all I see is, is nothing. There's no cloud out there. We've got to get the spirit of Elijah and say, no, but there is a sound from heaven. There's a small rain cloud that's coming. In fact, I heard the Lord say this week that Anthony, that you're entering in, your church is entering in, your church is, is stepping into a place of more stepping into a season of expansion that there was a latter rain that was getting ready to come in fact scripture says that the latter will be greater than the formal and just because you tasted it before the Lord says there is more there is more there is more come on somebody stand to their feet and shout there is more more faith more grace more strength more power the Lord wants to enlarge in our territories, but it comes through prayer. 
Jeremiah 33, 3, prophet Jeremiah is seeking the secret things of the Lord. And God tells him the only way that you'll be able to find the things that are hidden away is by you learning to seek my face. Seek his face meant Jeremiah had to learn to pray. Jeremiah had to learn to cry. Jeremiah learned, had to learn to, to long for the Lord. But because of that, Jeremiah knew the secret things of heaven. You want to become more powerful. You better learn to pray, labor, and cry out to the Lord so that God will fill you with boldness. Will we be the church that in 15, 20 years, we look back on the year 2020 and we live in a place of what if? Man, what if that didn't happen? Man, 2020 was a waste. There were so many casualties that took place. There were so many devastations that took place. There were so many craziness that took place. There was this and there was that and there was this. And, and all we're seeing and prophesying is darkness. And I'm drawing a line in the sand tonight. There is more for us in the year 2020. And I'm asking for Roar Church to stand up and to get something in, in, their, in their front foot and begin to prophesy to the darkness that there is more for us. There is more for us. There is more for us. We will not back down from our government. We will not back down from, from a sickness that would try to take our airwaves out. But we will stand firm and declare the word of the Lord. We will stand firm as the church, arms locked and ready for battle. In some ways, I feel like the Lord right now is saying, it's war. It's time to go to war. It's time to go to war. And I'm not talking war in the natural. I'm talking war in the spiritual realm. It's time for some, some saints, some church people to stop playing games with God and begin to pray to God. My final point. After Jesus withdrew, After he prayed, Matthew 6 and 9 said he would say it like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Powerful words right here. Your kingdom come, your will be done. I want to pause right there. Because to me, that is what makes it powerful. You want to align with heaven? You better start praying prayers that it's his will over your will. During the days of Jesus, his life on earth, Hebrews 5 and 7 says that he would offer up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him. Petitions are what? The understanding that there is a higher form above what he was. Get this, Jesus, he was man. But he understood that he had to petition God in order for him to move in the power and the miracles that had to be taken place. And what was given to him is the same power that was given to us through his resurrection. And I'm telling you, church, now is the time to be filled with power. Now is the time to be filled with boldness. And we have got to petition heaven and we have got to petition God. 
to become powerful in him. In Jesus' time of distress, right before the crucifixion, in Luke 22, 39 and through 44, hours before Jesus was arrested, he went to the Mount of Olives to pray. And he went a short distance away from his disciples. Again, Jesus was showing that not only what was he withdrawing, but when he was praying, he was doing this one thing. He said, let not my will be done, but let your will be done. King James Version says, take this cup from me. That means that Jesus was saying, hey man, I didn't want to take this beating. I, I, I can't do this. There's no way that, that you can, I'm your son and you're allowing this to happen. But Jesus understood as he prayed uh, tears of blood and agony. He was petitioning heaven for strength. He was petitioning heaven for power because he knew what was getting ready to take place. But he also knew he had to be filled with the power from God above. In order for you and I to walk into the victory that he had for us. In order for us to walk into the victory that God has for us, it's going to require us to begin to pray and to begin to labor and begin to pray the right prayer that aligns our heart with God's heart that says, it may not be my will, but if it's your will, I will do whatever it takes for the sake of the Lord, for the cost of revival, for the cost of Jesus. I am here to do whatever it takes. My question to you today is, are you here at Roar Church to do whatever it takes. Now is the time to expand. Now is the time to grow. Now is the time that we should see the hand of the Lord. Yes, it's in the midst of devastation. Yes, it's in the midst of the desert. But I believe that we still serve a God of miracles. Woo! But we have to align our hearts with Him. His night could be your night. Jesus was in the midst of darkness when he was praying these prayers before he was about to be crucified. He was in his most place of just, he was full of fear, filled with worry, filled with heartache. But he gave us a roadmap on how to come out of that. And you may be filled with darkness today. You may be filled with lust. You may be filled with addictions. You may be filled with sin. You may be filled with the things that are counteractive to the word of the Lord. You may be filled with a religious spirit. But the Lord says you can come out of that just as Jesus came out of that. But it's going to take one thing. It's going to take some prayer. The only way to break darkness and beat the night is to pray. To get into the light. We can either stay in the house of what if for 2020 or we can be filled with boldness and live in the palace of even if faith. What do you choose to live in? What do you want to be known for? 
Why aren't we seeing what we're seeing? Why aren't we seeing what we want to see? It's because we're not praying the right prayers. We're praying our will of prayers versus God's will of prayers. Not my will, but your will. That's how Jesus said it in Luke 22. In closing, I want to I share a story that's a little uh, off the road from this, but it, it, it'll somewhat line up. As you know, our church is praying and we're fasting. You know, we're crying out to God because we want to see some things in our church. It's time for us to build. It's time for us to expand. It's time for us to, to really start taking this, this kingdom business serious. But it's also a great time for us to pray and, and fast for what's going on in our nation. There's a story in Jonah 3 where Jonah is more than just the man that was swallowed by the fish. Jonah was actually a prophet from God. And God gave Jonah this prophetic word in Jonah 3 that said, Jonah, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh and tell them that they are to repent of their ways. And if they do not change their stance from being a godless city, that I would wipe them out in my wrath. But if they change, actually, he never even gave them the answer. He just told them they needed to repent. And you need to understand some background story real quick. And you can study this. It's in Jonah 3. But Jonah did not like um, Nineveh. He didn't like the Israelites. In fact, when God told him that word, he was like, basically like, cool, man, wipe them out. I don't like them anyhow. That's one last battle for me. And God had to check him and said, Jonah, that's not what I told you. Jonah was so hard-headed in these early days that Jonah ends up getting on a ship with some shipmates and begins to go the opposite direction in which Jesus had told him to go, excuse me, in which God had told him to go. And so Jonah, when he's out on this, on these waters, all of a sudden, God sends this massive storm and this storm starts shipwrecking this ship and waves are coming and it's hitting them and lightning's going crazy and, and the people on the ship are going nuts. What are we going to do? We're all going to die and Jonah in that moment goes I know what's happening the Lord's trying to get my attention because I chose not to go to Nineveh and give what the word of the Lord was <laughs> in fact prophet Jonah was so hard-headed that he began to just row some more and God began to make the storm even worse until finally that storm beat them so much that Jonah finally came to a place that he was looking at his, his shipmates and said, you know what, your life matters just as much as my life matters. And so in order for you to have life, I'm going to have to bounce. So Jonah jumps off. Story goes on into which we know Jonah for. He was swallowed by a whale. He sat in the belly of this whale for three days until God told the whale spit him out. Finally, Jonah was spit out. And as soon as Jonah was spit out, Jonah made his way to the city of Nineveh. There he began to do what the Lord had instructed him to do, to preach the gospel. And as he began to preach the gospel and to repent of their ways, because if not, God was going to absolutely just pour his wrath on them and tear up this city and turn it upside down. 
with death and destruction that it made way to the king and the king heard about what this man prophet Jonah had came with the word and it goes on to tell us that the king of Nineveh issued an ordinance to the city and said follow what this man is saying we must repent and it went a step further he made an ordinance for all his city and said for the next 40 days and including your animals including your animals in Jonah 3 and 7 he says that they fasted and their animals fasted for 40 days and because they did this the Lord changed his mind and spared them because they chose to repent They had 40 days to change their mind, to change God's mind. Why am I saying this? Because when we came to California, everybody said that we were entering into a godless place. We were entering in, into a place that there's no way God is going to ever do something great. But one thing that I have come to know about God, where the broken heart is, that's where God is. We're the ones that are lost in sin, that's where God is. We're the ones that need him the most, that's where God is. And California needs a move of God. The persecution that is happening in our churches, he's needing some people, he's needing some churches to stand up for the word of the Lord. And as we're praying and fasting, I felt the Lord say, begin to pray and fast for our county, begin to pray and fast for our religion or, or for our region, begin to pray and fast for our church. Because if we are not careful, the enemy could wipe us out. But I believe that if we will take this serious, guys, get into prayer, get into fasting, we can change the situation around in California. I've already said it many times, I believe we're going to come out of this even greater than what we came into it. That we are preparing ourselves for the greatest revival, what took place in the Middle East this past week with, with President Trump signing the peace treaty with the Middle East is only a sign of the, the Bible prophecy being fulfilled of what's getting ready to happen next. And what's getting ready to happen next is the real revival. But we must do what Jonah had to do. We must obey the word of the Lord. Hear me when I tell you this, the word of the Lord for our church is, is it's time to expand. It's time to move in boldness. All of our ROAR teams, I sent out a, a message this week and I said, we need to have a meeting with our ROAR leaders, with our ROAR groups. Because the Lord on Sunday morning woke me up when I was in the gym and said, it's time to expand. There's a more that's coming over you. And I was talking with God as I was working out and the Lord began to speak to me and said, the more is going to come through your house parties. And I said, okay, God, and what? He said, you're having too many holy huddles. I said, yes, sir. I got in the Jeep. 
uh, Brittany was actually with me. I was going to say I text Brittany, but Brittany was with me and I said, hey, we need to get out of here. I need to get back to the house. You need to text uh, Pastor Lewis. We need to do a call real quick with our Roar groups. Some of you have heard this story already, but for others, listen. For those that have already heard it, just give me patience for a second. And we began to share what the Lord was saying. And over this past week, I have felt such a holy confirmation that God is waiting to do the miraculous. But are you willing to do what it takes to open the door? There's a door that is setting in front of us and it's knocked, or excuse me, it's locked. And the key that's going to open it is our prayer life. This revival that we've been crying out for. It's the prayers of the righteous ones that's going to unlock this door. Every person standing to their feet today. Father, I just thank you right now. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today at Roar Church Podcast. We pray that today's message absolutely blessed you. Hey, there's many ways that you can help support this ministry and give to this ministry. And one is by texting the keywords, Roar Give to 77977. Listen, we cannot reach people without your help. And this stuff doesn't happen without the support of many. So we thank you for partnering with us and we'll see you later.